This week on the Off the Crossbar podcast. For the first time in 15 years, the Buffalo Bandits are NLL champions. They exercise the demons and we'll chat with Captain Steve Priolo. We'll talk about the future of Matt Vince and give you a full slate of PLL box bets. All that and more right here on OTCB. I am an My name is Teddy Jenner, and boy, have we got an absolute beauty for you tonight. Burns sets up, Tahoka, who scores? Manicoke unleashed, and he's got the Bandits up to a 1-0 lead in game three. By the game clock, Burn over to Dane Smith, shoots, oh. left, pad, stop by Ward. Burn scores! Razor, some room, swims, dives, scores! Chase Fraser, are you kidding me? An absolute beauty, takes it to the net. Warren Jeffrey thinks that pick's coming. Little swim move, twister, finish, bam, in the back of the net. That little stop on the dime puts Jeffrey on skates, and that is just disgusting stuff. Razor, nice adjustment, goes to Smith. Swim, shoot, scores! The Great Dane has arrived in the goal department, and the lead bigger for the Bandits. Wide open look denied by Vince. A big reason is because of that man right there. Time and time again, point blank saves. Superb, stops by Vince, he makes a trio. And Colorado left looking for answers. The Bandits break the spell. Revenge over Colorado. Redemption in Buffalo. And the Bandits are 2023 NLL champions. Champions of the National Lacrosse League for the first time in a long time. Buffalo Bandits are the kings of the castle, standing atop of the mountain after years of heartbreak and pain. They finally exercise their demons and are National Lacrosse League champions in one of the most lopsided NLL championship deciding games in history. He is Pat Gregoire. Find him on Twitter at PGreggy. I'm Teddy Jenner at Teddy Jenner, the show at OTCB underscore podcast, or find us on the Instas at OTCB podcast. Patty, you were there along with nearly 18 and a half thousand screaming bandites. What was that scene like in the final five minutes when pretty much it was already written in stone? The bandits had their name carved in the trophy. They were shining up getting it real nice as the party began in Bandland to count that clock down. You know, it, you know, normally, as, especially as a broadcaster, like you want nothing more than the drama it to come down to the last possession, the last minutes, you know, the buzzer beater, the overtime thriller. But I, I just think with how passionate that fan base is, how long they've been waiting for 
it almost worked out better that we got the party started early. We didn't have that nervous energy. We didn't have them, you know, fans on the edge of their seats, butts clenched, fingers crossed, saying, oh, no, not again, not again. Instead, there was no doubt. They knew the championship was theirs and they could start the party and what a party it was, man. You can see it. The Like I thought about it all week. What's this crowd going to be like if Buffalo wins? What's, what's it going to be like? And it met and exceeded expectations. They were so loud. Like you could see the genuine joy in fans faces Mm-hmm. People crying, like legit people crying in the stands, so happy. And that's not even the players. We haven't even got it's, to what it meant for the players. The fan base. You could tell that in Buffalo, in Banditland, it just means more, man. It just means more. Yeah, we we talked with Josh Byrne this week on Coast to Coast, and he just kind of, you know, thought back to – and not just the pain of losing the last couple championships for for the bandits, but you know the the top shooting, the blizzard, um, all the pain that the city of Buffalo has gone through over the last few years, and and Dane and Josh really have adopted Buffalo as their home, and the city of Buffalo has adopted them as their sons, and they really wanted to win this. For Buffalo, and I think in you know he said it. That was why the pain of last year was so much because it was coming on the heels of the top shooting, um, and they really wanted to do it for the city then. But now that they can finally give the city their trophy and a championship that is so long deserved. But at the end of the day, it was such a collective team effort from Max Adler going. 13 for 20 at the draw from Steve Priolo picking up 14 loose balls from Matt Vince dropping a, you know, 47 saves in the championship winning game. It was an incredible effort. And then at the top leading the way, pulling the dog sled, Josh Byrne and Dane Smith, 16 points between the two of them, six goals, 10 assists, just, Everything you wanted your leaders to do and your best players to do, they did it. They stepped up and he knew that there was no way Josh Byrne wasn't going to play in game three. After almost three weeks off, he, he, you could tell Colorado was going after him, right? Like you noticed that. I noticed oh, yeah. that. I'm sure everybody yeah. watching noticed that. They weren't, there were some questionable. Hits on Josh, I will say that. They weren't trying to outright dirty him or anything like that, but there were some late shots and some high shots just trying to get him off his game. But, man, was he unstoppable in game three. Four goals, three assists. And I I, I truly believe, I, like, I'm a huge believer in momentum, when, when Josh Burns scores that goal at the end of the quarter with one second left from 35, 40, 50 feet out, <laughs> that, right? That, that just, 
almost set the tone for me. And I know it was a long game still, and Colorado always has the chance to battle back. But those weren't the goals that were going in in game two. Mm-hmm. And we see it. When you get a few soft ones on a goaltender, you kind of get in their head a little bit. And after mm-hmm. that, Dylan Ward just didn't seem like the same Dylan Ward. He seemed like he was fighting the ball a bit. He seemed like he wasn't getting clean looks. And Buffalo took advantage, and they were scoring from everywhere. And you, you could just see it. You could feel it. And you just started to realize, like, yep, they're they're going to do it. There's There's no way that they are not giving this up. And even every single time Colorado scored a goal, Buffalo went on a two, three, and a four goal run. And that's just how championships are won. You never give your opponents life. You continually kick them back down to the ground and you make them pay for every mistake. And that's exactly what the Buffalo Bandits did on Saturday, cruising to a 13-4 victory. Just an absolute picture-perfect performance. It's so dramatic to say, and and maybe it's, you know, the media side of me trying to, you know, make something bigger than it is, but I don't know if it really is, but this was, to me, this was a legacy game for Josh and Dane. Let's not forget a year ago, just, just about a year ago in the finals in game three, Burn Smith, only one goal each. Dane had a goal and two assists. Josh had a goal and three assists. Not bad games by any stretch of the imagination, but when you win a championship, you need your best players to be your best players. And unfortunately for them that evening, they weren't. And that's why Colorado came on top because Dylan Ward mm-hmm. was unbelievable. And Zed Williams took over that game. Those two guys with Matt Vince and with Steve Priolo, those four guys took it upon themselves to say, we are not leaving this arena without this championship. And they put the team on their back. They were unbelievable. They were unstoppable. Yes, they got some great secondary scoring and they got some other great performances from some other players. When push came to shove, those four core four players on that team were the best players on the floor and it showed. And that's why in a couple of weeks they're getting sized up for rings and hanging up a banner in the first game of the season next year. Ultimately, I don't think Colorado did anything wrong. I, I don't think it was like a terrible game that they played. I think they just ran into a team that wasn't, like you said, wasn't going to let anything get in their way this year. And, mm-hmm. you know, Eli gets 2-1, and one, Robinson gets 1-2, Wardle's 1-0, Lee, Williams, Kinnear, all one assist. Like, they didn't get their secondary and tertiary scoring like they normally do. Nothing Whoa. in transition. And I will- a lot of that has to do with the Buffalo Bandits defense yeah. and the way that they played. And... Buffalo 
We talked about it last week, whether it was on Coast to Coast or right here on the podcast. Buffalo needed to find that fine line to play on. And they needed to press the edge. And they needed to be physical. They needed to be aggressive. And they needed to make life hard for Colorado. And they did that for 60 minutes. And it wasn't easy. And you saw the frustration in the Colorado players. And by the end of that game, they were just chucking everything at the net from everywhere. And at that point in time, you're just playing right into Buffalo's hands. So it it was a perfectly executed game plan by the Buffalo Bandits. And for the Colorado Mammoth, it was just one of those nights where nothing goes your way. Zed Williams and Ryan Lee combined for 19 shots on that. Zero goals. Nearly 20 shots between those two guys and you come away with no goals. You're not winning the lacrosse game. It's simple as that. Like, yeah, he had 18 shots on his own, eight on 10 off. Like, that's not a Ryan Lee kind of night. And no, and I think some of it, especially with Zed, some, you know, ball's just not sinking for you. The other part of it, and even, you know, even some of the other guys like Tyson Gibson, um, and I mean, you could even probably put McLaughlin in there. I know he had two, but he had 10 shots on goal as well. They fell into the game plan of of Buffalo, and Mm. they took those shots that Buffalo wants to give up, and it's so hard to get it out of your head as as an elite shooter, which they have a bunch of them on the team, where you think it's a good shot, but in fact, that's exactly what Vince wants to see. And when Vince is on his game and he's allowing and telling his defense to give up those shots, you're falling right into their game plan, and that's exactly what happened. And then, like you said, when you fall back and Buffalo's chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, next thing you know, you're down, you know, you're down five or you're down six. Now all of a sudden you, you, you know, you're thinking like, Oh God, we got to, we got to score quickly. And then you start bombing it from the outside even more. And I think that's maybe when we saw some of these numbers get up there a little more, but I just didn't see, I didn't see that East West and attack that we saw from game two where it's, you know, Lee's firing it over to the lefties and he's backdoor cutting and getting the ball back and going for a crease dive. You don't see Zed Williams driving down uh, the alley or trying to beat guys underneath and crashing the net. Or we're not seeing Eli on the doorstep beating his man underneath or firing mm-hmm. a pass over to the other. It just, again, I, I think the fact that Buffalo went back to what they were doing in game one and weren't pressing out it's almost like Colorado's like, okay, now, now do I take this shot? Do I not take this yeah. shot? And there was just too much, too much thinking. Whereas in game two, it was just like backyard lacrosse. They were swinging the ball around, using their speed, using their athleticism to their advantage. But because Buffalo's packing in, in so much, it kind of almost took away their athleticism, which is the heartbeat of that offense. Yeah. And you know, when, when Matt Vince is making the saves that, he should be making and that defense packs it in. It's, it's, it's hard to score on that unit from the outside. There's just too many bodies and too many sticks in the lane. And if, and that's often where Buffalo kind of gets, 
their credit because they're so good and they pack it in. But once Matt Vince starts to let those ones in, then their defense always feels the need to press out. They got to get out on their shooters. And then yeah. that's when the yeah. East-West diagonal backdoor cut starts working. When Matt Vince is on, that defense could literally just stand five guys <laughs> and they'd be fine, right? Have a shooter in Galilee mm-hmm. all you want. We know our goalie's making the saves. And maybe it was just me. But I actually felt that Matt Vince was stepping off his line a little bit. He wasn't sitting as deep, literally heels on the goal line, where he has to make that last-minute reaction save, and oftentimes it gets underneath him or gets past him. When he just takes that half a step out, it just changes everything for the shooters, and he has a little bit more time to react. And it just gave confidence to their defense because their defense knew that Vino was on one. And when your confident defense has confidence in your goaltender and your goaltender's making those shots that, you know, you're, you, he wants you to give up, then it's just a perfect storm. And it looked like the Colorado guys were getting frustrated. There's just, nothing could go right. You know, Zed was trying everything, driving, backing his man in, getting underneath, diving across, and Vino was there every time. And it was just a complete team effort from everybody in orange and black and man congratulations to everybody because that was one a long time coming a long long time coming and b just a perfect performance and so happy for john Tavares, scott loffler steve dietrich um steve priolo who's been there for 13 years i think this is his fifth year 60 years captain of the bandits. There are a lot of guys that have been just kind of waiting for this and you could see it. And there was no one more emotional than Dehoga Nanakok. Mm-hmm. What did you get from watching him this postseason, and where he could go, not only as a player, but as a, leader in this league to me this is a guy that i think one day you could see his jersey hanging up in in the rafters honestly in buffalo like i think he is a cornerstone piece for this franchise and you know what he's probably never going to put up the same numbers that a guy like josh or burn will put up but the meaning to he's always going to be a fan favorite in that building because of the passion, because of the way he plays, but not, not to say that he's not a guy that could be hovering around a hundred points. He's not to say that he's not a guy that, you know, is going to be a key contributor for a long time, but this is a guy that's going to have a long career with this team could wear a C one day. Um, Could be a guy that, yeah, goes down in history as one of the, you know, the most fan favorite, players that the bandits have seen and they've had, they have a lot of their fan favorites, but I think it's a few things. It's one, it's the way he plays. He's got that blue collar mentality where he's not afraid to go to the middle. Uh, He crashes, he bangs, but let's be honest for how gritty and how tough he is and and how much he goes to that. He scores beautiful goals that get those fans on their feet. But the big thing, and for me being a guy that's lived in Buffalo, that is a Buffalo bills fan that has worked um, you know, I was, I, I was an intern in the Buffalo media when I was at school there. So I've, I've seen it. 
Buffalo love people who love Buffalo and embrace yeah. Buffalo. And that's not to say Dane and Josh haven't because they absolutely have. They are a fabric of the Buffalo community. But when it comes to Ogan Anacope, with his passion when he talks about the bandits, it comes so through and it's so authentic. And, and Buffalo loves those type of people, those type of players. Mm-hmm. So I think when all said is done, no doubt, Dane and Josh going to be all-time timers. But like I think because of the style of play, the passion, and the knack for having those big games, I think you know when you talk about those two, his name's not going to be far behind when you're talking about this era of Buffalo lacrosse. It it, it just meant so much to him, you know. Yeah, for a guy that grew up just miles from the arena was was a ball boy. Grew up with you know Chugger and JT as guys that he looked up to. And now he's on that bench. He's wearing that uniform. He's part of that franchise. You could see how much it meant to him. In his interview with Ashley Docking, like he was full of emotion. Tears were flowing. It was the happiest and maybe most emotional he's been in lacrosse setting. Mm-hmm. But you could you could see how much it meant to him when he was playing. Like that first goal, he comes screaming out of the front door in a late change and just barreled right down the middle. And he wasn't going to be stopped. And that's the way he plays. And he plays with passion. He plays with emotion. And he plays with the weight of his people. Mm-hmm. And it was just incredible to see his poise and his demeanor and the happiness in his eyes when Ashley was interviewing him post game because he knew how much it meant to him. And you're right. I think he definitely has, you know, that, that Darius Kilgore captain mentality um, of a will to win, a hate to lose, just the passion for the game. I don't think we ever see a day where he is not a Buffalo bandit. I think he does the whole John mm-hmm. Deveres play. Steve Priolo plays his whole career there. And I'm excited yep. to see what is next for him because he does have an incredibly bright, bright future. Cause what, this is only year three, year two, year two for him in the NLL. Like, he had he averaged three points a game in the regular season. He took that to almost a full four point game, four points a game in the postseason. If if they can get that sort of TN one through eighteen games, that guy is going to put up numbers often and often and often and again and again and again. And you know he's going to be another guy that's going to San Diego for the Worlds and to help his nation on one of the biggest stages. It is going to be incredible to see him playing on the world stage again, because man, we need more TN one in our lives. You, you mentioned like, Oh, if you can, if you can get that out of him for, for 18, you know, 18 games. Sure. You know, that, that would be great. But I think the thing that, 
makes him so great is that he's able to kick his game into another gear for those big games and for those playoff runs. Like, do I think he has another level in the regular season? For sure. I think he can get there. You know, him 51 points in 18 games. I don't think that's going to be a career high for him. Um, no, that's what he had this year. Close. Right. Like no doubt he's, he's going to be a guy that again, I think can hover around that a hundred point mark. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that being said, I think what's truly going to make him a great and a special player. And you're already seeing it. You've seen it when he was playing junior, when he's playing at, you know, the U19 championships representing his people. It's the fact that he takes his game to another level in those big moments and in yeah. those big games. And I, I, I think that is where his, his legend and where his legacy will live forever. Do you think this is the last we have seen of Matt Vince? Does he, does he do the ultimate go out on a high? Well, after listening to him in the press conference, after listening to him on Lax class, and even just brief conversations after the game having with him, one, you can tell, like, again, this is a guy that's won at so many different levels, a billion man cups, four NLL championships now. But like this one felt different for him. I don't know if he would rank one higher than than another, but this one just felt different for him. And I think he even hinted at some point saying like, you know, it would be great to go up on top, but I need more time to to think about this. And, you know, I'm just trying to soak this in. I don't know, man. I have, I have this weird feeling that he's, he feels, he even said it. I feel like I've got more to give. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him at training camp next year and he's, he's given it another go. Like, I think, I think the goal, I think the plan was for him to, you know, to hang it up after this year and, and to, you know, call her quits, but just knowing the competitor that he is, how intense he is, how much he loves to win, you know, he's probably looking at this roster and saying, well, we don't really lose too much. If I come back, I think we could, I think we can, you know, I think we can win. I think we can, I think we can get this done. Like the crazy like, thing know. about I Matt really Vince, not. like we, we talk about it. So he's, he's born in 1982. So he's three years younger than me. So he's, he turns 41 this year or whatever it is. Simple math. But this is his 17th season. He's been to eight championship games. And in the last two seasons, he's played the most minutes he's ever played in a year in back-to-back years. 2022, he played 1,063 minutes. This year, he played 1,047 minutes. His previous high was 2019. Thanks, Siri. Way to come on during the podcast. (laughs) I didn't think we were having a guest this week. <laughs> we are. We're going to talk to C. Priolo in a little bit. Look, my phone's playing music all of a sudden because Siri thinks I wanted a song. I don't get it. Um, he's playing more minutes than ever. 
Now, one, is that because he's so damn good? Probably. Two, is that maybe concerning because they're not as confident putting Devlin Shanahan between the pipes if Vino's having a, a struggle minute? I just don't know at this point in time if they have the succession plan that they want in place. And so that's why I feel that Matt Vince will be back, but Mm -hmm. I feel that next year will be a year where they give Devlin Shanahan more minutes. Maybe the odd start here and there. And they got because they have to start if Devlin Shanahan is going to be the guy moving forward and they they don't have anybody in the wings they haven't drafted a goalie in forever how long if Devlin Shanahan is going to be your succession plan you got to get him playing four five six starts next season to really see what you have or let Vino play the first half if you're up 10 get him in the second half see how he can handle himself but until that is the case, I don't see Matt Vince going anywhere. You bring up a great point about the, you know, succession plan for Matt Vince. And I think they believe, I think they have a lot of really high expectations for Devlin Shannon, and especially after the summer that he had last year, um, yeah. you know, him going out West. And so I think they think he's probably the next goalie, but I tend to agree with you. I mean, you know, I think I think this story's been thrown around a couple of times. I know they talked about it on on Jake Cantino's show this week, but even you know uh, Steve Dietrich told us this on a TSN call that you know after they beat San Diego uh, on their way back, Chugger half jokingly said he was trying to give him a, a three year extension to his contract because <laughs> he wanted him to keep playing. And I do truly believe that it's it was half joking. I think it's like they want him back for another year. I, they know oh, yeah. he's got a lot of gas left in the tank. I mean, look at what he just did. But you bring up a great point. Who is the next? Who is the next? It's obviously Devin Shannon, but is he ready to make that? Like, I don't think so. I really don't. I think he's going to be an all goaltender. But I think the drop-off for a team that just won a championship is far too large when you go from Matt Vince to Shanahan. And that's why I'm leaning towards what you're saying. And I think we see, you know, maybe for another year and, and again, through the grapevine, no pun intended with Vino. I heard <laughs> it was from vine. Where's it from? Vineland. Vineland. Yeah. Vineland. I heard that because this was his fourth championship in eight appearance, 48, 48, Vino, number 48, that he was going to try to end this on a high note. Again, that is some tinfoil hat shit right there, Patty. Yes, big time, big time conspiracy. But hey, oh, now my series barking in. (laughs) We're off the rails. Again, that's just what I, that's what, (laughs) yeah, that's just what I, what I've heard. But again, I, I honestly think when you look at this team, you look at the core, the window is still very much open. Yeah, sure. There's some, maybe some discussions of a couple of guys retiring, not just Matt Vince, but this team's going to be very, very good for, for quite some time. They are a team that can go on a run 
um, could be a dynasty. But they're not doing that without elite goaltending. And I don't think Devlin Shanahan is ready to step into that point. And I don't know, you know, looking at possible free agents, not really too much on the market this year. Oh. You're going to make a trade and try to trade for, for someone and, and get rid of one of those great pieces for a goalie. Or are you just going to do your darndest to try to convince this guy to come back for another season and try to win another championship? He's 28 and eight in the regular season over the last two seasons. How is a guy <laughs> that is in his forties putting up those kind of numbers and seemingly playing his best lacrosse? And, you know, I think he's had to adjust his game. We've seen him get further and further deeper in his net. We've seen the defenses in front of him collapse more and more and more. It will definitely be interesting to see what they do with him during the offseason if he does indeed come back. Uh, another guy that, you know, could come back, may not come back, is Steve Priolo, the captain of the Buffalo Bandits. I got a chance to talk with him this week as he and I go one-on-one right here on the Off the Crossbar podcast. Joined now by the man in the van and also the man that is a champion. The National Crossing for the first time. Steve Priolo, what's up, Cap? How are you? I'm wonderful. Feeling good. Um, are you good in the sense that, you know, you're out in nature, you're enjoying life, or is it because you've had a really awesome last few days? Uh, it's kind of all the same. It's all, like, uh, intertwined into the same thing, right? Like, you know, I, I get to head back up north to the to the the wild country up here, and but at the same time, I'm missing those uh, those extra couple days down in Buffalo. That I'm seeing the boys are having right, so um, it's kind of a mix of both. Has it been a bit of a blur the last few days? Yeah, it didn't really actually sink into. It was like like a day or two later when I went back and rewatched the game, and I was like, oh my god, the smiles on everybody's faces, and like everybody's so happy, and the crowd and everything, and it's like. Yeah, like we we actually finally did it. The photos of you with your helmet off, kind of walking towards Vino when that buzzer hits. What are the emotions and feelings going through your mind at that point in time? That was uh, that was the 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 first time I like welled up. You know what I mean? I kind of like I was getting super emotional that way, and uh, I, I didn't actually the rest of the time, the rest of the the, the night or anything. It was just that moment where you're. You're going towards your goalie and you're like, man, like, like I did it with Vino. I did it with, with this group. I did it in front of these fans and like, it kind of like came over me and then, uh, and then it went away after that. But that was, that walk was, uh, something I'll always remember. You've obviously been around this team for quite some time and, and you've been in some tough spots, you know, losing in, 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 in Saskatchewan, losing in Calgary, losing at home. How much better is it to finally win? <laughs> come on <laughs> like well it's it's like obviously it's it's that's what you play for right it's yeah that's why we play this game just to win it but th those losings are are important too right those are what bond you those are what you know you talk about those too and and Cluche said it the best he's like we've been bonded through disappointment and through other things like we're a close team like we're we're all best friends on that team. It's mm -hmm. like it's it's about time we get bonded through like a good memory, through joy, and and that's that stuck with me so much, and I, and I just love that that saying, right? It's like those 
the losses are important too. The losses are they're not fun, but they're you know they're emotional roller coasters, right? Mm-hmm. And that's all part of being human. When I spoke with a lot of guys, kind of leading up to game two and, and throughout the week, I, I asked, you know, if, if this does happen, who are you going to be most happiest for? And a lot of guys said you because you'd kind of been there the longest. But who was the guy you were most happiest for for finally winning a championship? It's hard to it's hard to like put a finger on it, right? Because you know, you know, Dehoke is going to win championships, right? Like that guy's his second year. He's already been to two finals. Like that guy's going to win championships. You know, Dane has all his accolades, and 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 same with Josh, right? Um, it's kind of hard to, to put it to narrow one down, but when you look at a guy like Vino, and I don't know if he said this yet to anybody, and I don't know if he's going to say it or whatever, but like four championships and eight goalie of the years, and he's got his 48. Yeah. And it's just, you're sitting there going like, yeah, like we got it for him. <laughs> we got him that. We, I got him that 48. You know what I mean? And yeah. like, I would have felt so bad if he never, if he never got that, if he would have retired without it. So I guess kind of like every, obviously everybody, but that, like that number, that guy, everything he's done for the sport sticks with me. What do you think changed from game two to game three? Well, we didn't let them get to the net. They, they dominated us getting to the net. Like you can't expect Vino to save every one of them when, when Lee's going, you know, four for four diving underneath, like, um, I think that was the biggest adjustment. And then when they did get underneath, Vino bailed us out or these shots that they, they got good shots. They got good looks. He just, mm-hmm. he stood on his head and uh, we kind of just, and obviously the penalties, we stayed out of the penalty yeah. box. Like that was our main thing was like, like refs are good. If you don't yell at them, if you don't, if you just let them coach ref their game, like yeah. stay out of the penalty box, stay off the refs. And that was our motto against Toronto too. Right. And that was our motto in game one. It just fell apart in that one game. And, and that's okay. That's why we play a series, right? We pulled it together for that last game, so it's nice. You guys definitely got back to the team that you were in the first two series uh, in, in that game three. It was a clinic. From your perspective, how flawless were you guys? Not flawless at all. No? No. Um, a lot of mistakes. A lot of – but that's lacrosse. You're never going to play a perfect game, right? We play defense. You're never going to end up with a plus score, really, right? Like, you're always going to be minus. It's just every highlight of you is you getting scored on. That's what we, that's what we live <laughs> with on defense, right? So, like, yeah. it's, it's what it is. And, and, um, but the adjustments we made paid off in the long term. That's what it is. If, they do, if Lee gets underneath, if he scores or if, or if Vino saves it, it doesn't matter because we know that's going to be a, a sticking point going forward for the rest of the game, right? The game is a series of of corrections and adjustments and like uh, it's a chess match out there, right? So there's mistakes that get made all the time. So it's never flawless, but in terms of like adjustments and like, you know, our offense scoring goals that maybe they shouldn't score, like Josh is one with 0.2 left from way out that you just like, whoa, we got a, we got a bonus one. Mm -hmm. Got an extra one. All that stuff kind of came together for us too in that game. So, you know, but from Vino making those saves to those last second goals, like everything kind of went our way. It's 4-2 at halftime. What's the message from you and, and from JT that allowed you guys to really have an explosion offensively in the second half? Uh, they, like, again, I'm in the D meetings mostly, but I talked to those guys a little bit, and it's like to continue 
pushing and getting through the middle, right, on them. You got to keep Ward on his line, and he has to respect those quick sticks. He has to respect guys mm -hmm. getting through the middle. Like, the best thing that could happen to us was Dehoka getting that first goal right off the hop, barreling down the middle, right? Puts Ward a little bit more on his line. You see in the games that he wins, he's super confident coming out to the top of his, his crease, right? So you got to put him back a little bit and open up that open up that scoring from from the outside. Um, and then two big ones off the draw, right? Max Adler and 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 Matt Spanger, and, and and they put those in. But at the same time, the same feeling I had at halftime was the same feeling I had with a minute left in the game. We were still just focused and dialed, and and that like don't don't the, the what the what's next. I know it's kind of Colorado's thing, but it's like. Mm -hmm. It's also everybody's thing. It's like you have that's the way you need to think is what's next. And and rates right to that last buzzer, I don't know what we were up, but you're still just like dialed and and how are you gonna play Connor Robinson? How are you gonna play these guys? What are you gonna do? How how are you gonna close gaps? How are you gonna keep them from getting underneath? Like everything had to keep going all the way to the last minute. The last few minutes, even though you guys were obviously honed in and focused, you could tell that the fans understood what was happening. And they could kind of enjoy the moment. Mm -hmm. When was that moment that you realized that you could enjoy it? Um, yeah, man, I'm telling you, I was so dialed right till that. Right till McKay had the ball, and it was like 30 seconds left. I was yeah, absolutely dialed. There was times where it creeped in, though, like the five minute mark where it's like you had that last TV timeout, and you're like, oh gosh, we're playing really good, and like there's only a couple possessions left, like. And then you go block that out. Don't mm -hmm. don't even go there yet. That time will come. Like, how are you going to? What are you going to do to prevent them from scoring? Are you going? Are you willing to sacrifice blocking a shot with a minute left? You got to get in that mentality, right? So, what is it like playing in front of Banditland when there's 30 seconds left? It's 18 and a half thousand people. You're about to win the first championship in eight, ten years, and that place is just going bananas. We won the first championship in like 15 years. <laughs> like there hasn't been a championship there in forever, man. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's why you start crying. That's why you start walking towards your goalie, looking up at your family. Like I know where my family sits, right? They're yeah. the same seats for 14 years. Like, <laughs> like I see them, you see them. I see my wife. I see Vino. You're just like, oh my God. Like here, like finally we did it. And like, of, of course the the fans are going to support us like you saw that when we lost last year that they're yeah. they're going to go let's go bandits they're going to cheer for us they're going to always have our backs but in terms of like the city of buffalo man i'm just so happy we could get that city a championship they've been through so much you know the from the the top shooting and the blizzards and the the pain of the 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 no goal crease goal and the wide lefts and the bills and all that stuff like you guys are one of the if probably the first team in a long time to bring a championship to that city, that's gotta be something special. Yeah, dude. Like what was, it was probably the bandits for the last championship, right? Yeah. I don't know if the Sabres nope. and the bills have been. Nope. Right? Yeah. So then you start going, that's gotta on be pretty cool. then you start reaching into like the bisons or like the yeah. buttes or something. Right. Then you start getting like kind of reachy to, to other aspects. I guess lacrosse is a little bit like that too, right? But it's like <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they could throw a party like we do though. So <laughs> Oh no. Oh no. But you know, like it, it's got like I know Dane and Josh and those guys that are living there have really become second sons of Buffalo. And the the one Buffalo mentality is there. But you guys did it. You guys have brought a championship to Buffalo and no one will ever take that away from you. That's gotta hold a special place in your heart. My dog's barking at me. <laughs> That's all right. 
I'm going to let him in, too. Yeah, exactly, right? Come on, Moose. Mr. Moose, thank you for barking during my interview. Great. <laughs> um, yeah, man, it's like you could it's something you can be proud of now when you go when when you're old and you're retired and you go in there and you look up and you see that like in 2023 by the way my number year mm-hmm. how about that right how about in, it? in 2023 we were able to bring joy to this community that's you know only comes through the the competition of sport and like yeah no one will ever take that away from us it's there were you ever doubting josh Byrne coming in to play game three or were you like yeah he'll be there i doubted it until the moment i saw him step on that floor yeah yeah not that i doubted it because doubt's maybe the wrong word but yeah it wasn't just never knew yeah not that i never knew either i just didn't let it distract me i wasn't like oh if we get josh back we're gonna win like i prepared all week for not having josh right it's like yes he's gonna show up and he's gonna do what he does and he's gonna get those those four goals and he's gonna carry us to you know the offensive side to a victory here but it's like you, you can't rely on one player right you can't it's it's a team sport for a reason so like when somebody goes down you have to just block it out and deal with it after right so it's like the moment you start going like oh if josh shows up we're gonna doesn't matter how we do on defense because we're gonna put up 13 or 14 right it's yeah. like no we're preparing to win this game 5-4 like that's what we have to do, what whatever happens. So yeah, that's what it was. And, and then of course Josh and Dane just go absolutely ham, um, and what they'd kind of been doing for you guys all year long. How cool is it to watch it when when those guys and the supporting cast are are just unstoppable? Well, yeah, they're like when you look at these when you look at the score sheet, right? It, the reason our offense does so well is because I, I feel like it's balanced. Mm-hmm. We have this inside presence and we have the guys that want to go one-on-one. We have the guys that are like a guy like Buchanan, right? Like what an absolute beauty. This guy will go, he could put zeros up on the board and you're not going to win unless he does his job. Yes. Right. And then, so you, there's no confusion on who has the ball. Josh has the ball. Dane has the ball. Dane's going to feed it. He's going to find open guys like Kluch and Josh. Josh can do what he does. He can shake guys and, and go to the net, but all those guys around them, it doesn't like when you when you see like um, I don't want to say other teams or whatever, call it other teams, but sometimes there's there's too many guys that want to shoot the ball, right? Right. And I think that was a that was a big part of of our team this year was that there was no question who was going to carry the ball, who was going to go through, right? Everybody knew that it's not knowing your role, but it's knowing your purpose on the team and how you're going to help us be successful, and that's what everybody bought into this year. This is a, a group that's been through a lot. Uh, and obviously, you never know if a team's going to be the same again the following year. But is this a team that can, you know, you've been to the last three. Can you get there again? I feel like it revolves around uh, maybe a guy like Vino. Mm-hmm. Like, you never know where his mind's at right now. Like, he's he's kind of on top of the world, right? Like, yeah. so we'll see. Um if he retires, then you don't you can't replace a guy like him, but you gotta get a good goalie in there. Yeah. Without a good goalie, like how are you gonna make runs, right? So it's like I think that's kind of a little bit been our, our thought process this whole time is while we have Vino, let's pay everybody, let's keep our team together, let's 
keep going for it. So I think it'll be the same thing once uh, um, if Vino comes back. I think you'll see a lot of guys coming back and us trying to make another run at it. If he retires, Will be back. Yes, where am I going? <laughs> <laughs> well, Dude, question- everybody asks me if I'm going to retire. I'm like, just because I'm bald doesn't mean I'm <laughs> like. I'm coming back. I'm playing this game till I'm 40. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna be uh, here. Are you coming back to Victoria this summer? Yeah. Oh, breaking yeah. news! Is it breaking news? No one yeah. knows. Yeah. Oh, secret Let's time. Do it. Look at um, secrets out. Yeah, secrets out. It's uh, yeah. I just talk, I'm talking with uh, the GM out there, Chris Welsh, and, yeah. and trying to figure out dates because I am I am working right. Like I got to work. I'm teaching, so I got to teach till the end of the semester, and then. I'll fly out, and then my wife will probably drive out with the dog. And in the van? We'll see. You no, the van's gone. Oh, is it? You retired it? I retired it. So I might have to step up, get one of those Mercedes Sprinters or something. <laughs> but <laughs> now well, that I, I might the, know a few guys that could help you out. Now that we got the extra game, the game pay. Right? From, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, overall, from, from an outsider's perspective, how successful do you think this NLL season was for a league? For the league? Yeah, for the league. I think it's. I think the TV stuff is the best because I'm hearing people that, like, you're gonna get lacrosse fans that are diehard lacrosse fans. They're gonna go through the, <clears throat> go through the internet and try to find things and hook it up to HDMI or whatever yeah. they need to do, right? But I think that getting on that ESPN and all that, I've been getting such great feedback from people that are like wow, like this is the greatest sport ever. I'm like, I know, we've been trying to tell you that. You just need to watch it. So the exposure, I think, is getting there. Maybe it's got there, I don't know, but it's it's on its way. And um, there's just so many good players, man. Like, it's so much fun to watch. I can't take my eyes off of watching other teams. And teams are like, we're not even going to play this year, right? But you just, you watch it, you're excited. The guys are flying through the air, like, it's it's actually the greatest sport, isn't it? It sure is, my man. Yeah, and, and you are one of the greats and a champion and an NLL champion. How good! I got my water have? buffalo hat and a water buffalo yeah. hat. I love it. But how good does it feel? You know, when 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 you walk around town or, or you're out and about, people will know that you're the captain of an NLL championship team, and you got to lift the trophy first. How does that feel? How does it sound? You know what, man? Dan Dawson texted me. And he is just the ultimate leader, the ultimate human being. Like he texted me and I was just so proud and so happy. And the way he words things, because yeah. Dan and I are forever bonded through a man cup and through a world cup, right? Or world championship. And it's like, we have that, but he's just the way he words things. And he basically said what you said there. And it's just, that's the time that it kind of really sunk in that like wow like i was actually the captain of this team that went that won the world championship like yeah. this this you know when you get it from a guy like that uh, you know or you're competing against each other he always like i'll text with him and he's like he's like i don't hate you today but i'll hate you next week when we play you right <laughs> yeah yeah that kind of guy and it's like yeah. there's just so much so much love and respect for him that um the, the text from him that i got and the conversation I had with him just just kind of put it all into perspective for me. And I just got to give a thanks to my community up here at Rosso, man. Like, they lined the streets for me when I came home. They're all standing yeah. up. There are black flies out and mosquitoes, and everybody's getting <laughs> eaten by mosquitoes. And they lined the streets with purple and black and orange. And, and the whole campus and the whole city was just, well, a city, a little town here we got, was just happy. And it was cool. 
It was really cool. When you get your day with the cup, what are you doing with it? I don't know. I got I'm getting it after the parade. So we're doing the parade on the 15th and I'm going to come home with it. Um, I'm going to take it to Huntsville lacrosse. I'm going to yeah. take it to my nephew and take some pictures up here. Um, take it paddleboarding. <laughs> take it fishing, use it as a downrigger. No, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. What are you supposed to do with the thing? The thing's a thousand pounds and it's so sharp. Thousand pounds. It's a thousand pounds after playing a grueling three-game series. I think the next time you pick it up, it'll be extra light. That's probably true. <laughs> well, just just don't lose it. Um, don't throw it in a bonfire. No, uh, I love that thing, man. I respect yeah. that thing. I it, love it's, it. It's the greatest thing you've ever won, except for your wife Jackie, right? Yeah, that's a good that's a good save there, right? Okay, I got you. Um, congratulations, man. I appreciate the time. Uh, I know you're up enjoying the the wildlife and the nature up there, but. Uh, Enjoy some days off, enjoy some pints, and enjoy being a champion, buddy. Appreciate you. Awesome. Appreciate you. We'll see you at West. A legend is Steve Priolo, the man in the van. And, again, <laughs> the, the emotions that must have been going through his mind as those final seconds ticked down. And you could see it. There's a couple great pictures of him just sort of walking towards Vino, hands in the air, emotions streaming down his face. He was the longest tenured bandit player. Been there for 13 plus years, been a captain for a handful of years. This meant so much to him. He was there in 16. He was there in 19. He was there in 22. He's been through it all. And it was just such an awesome awesome moment for him to finally be able to lift that cup. And, and you heard his emotions talking with Ashley post game. And the first thing he did was just took in the moment, looked around 18 and a half thousand people and to a man, looked them all in the eyes figuratively and literally, and just said, look at this. This is unbelievable. I, I don't know how you could ever want to leave that feeling and let that go. But obviously, bodies get old, lives happen, families happen. You have to make a decision at some point. Obviously, he's going to be one of those guys that has to have some thoughts over the offseason of what he wants to do. But again, why would you want to leave this group? There's no expansion coming, so you're not – Losing anybody in the expansion draft. Sure, free agency is going to happen. You might lose the odd piece there. I just don't see anybody in that core, offensively or defensively, saying, you know what, I, I want to go test the free agency waters and, and see what's out there. Why not run this back and see if you can get to four straight finals and maybe win back-to-back finals? We talk about the interesting offseason some of these teams are going to have. I think this is a very interesting offseason for the Buffalo Bandits as well, coming off a championship. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where, you know, even having conversations with the with the guys, and you, you don't want to bring that up, but it, maybe it gets brought up. But, like, so many of them are just, like, just going to enjoy the moment. Yeah. Going to talk to family. And that's what they will do over the next couple of weeks. But – during right now, like probably in their mind, they're thinking like, this was awesome. Let's 
let's, you know, let's do it again. But then obviously you have your conversations with your loved ones, the buzz uh, of the adrenaline and, and the booze wears off and you're walking around. Oh my God. Like, I don't know if I can do this for another year. Yeah. The bumps and bruises. You start to feel the aches and and pains. Yeah. So I, I do think there's a few guys that will have to make a tough decision, but like when you look at the roster, you look at what they were able to accomplish. You look at the experience that they had, man, it would be so hard to say, why not one more year? Like a guy like Kyle Buchanan, he finally got over the, finally wins his NLL championship. He's a guy that is, you know, night in, night out, one of, if not the smallest guy on the floor, but always the hardest working guy. But man, like he's been playing like that for a long time. That's got to be hard on his body. What's he going to do? Well, he's a guy who, you know, it's hard not to picture the NL without him. But again, he's getting up there. He's got a young family. Like, is he a guy that we don't see next year? I really do agree that I think that this is going to be an interesting offseason for Buffalo, especially if a few of those um, elder statesmen do decide to hang him up. I know they've got a lot of organizational depth, but yeah. At the same time, young, promising talent is a lot different than, you know, legendary status and some of these guys that would be hanging it out. But, you know, Dylan Robinson, fantastic rookie season. He's going to be a cornerstone. Um, Justin Robinson, healthy. He's going to be a big piece. They still got Sam LaRue, who's been in and out of the lineup. Nathaniel Kazevnikov, been in and out of the lineup. Plus, Brandon Robinson, if he's healthy, you know, they have some good pieces coming up. It's just one key area for me. And that's the story with so many teams in the National Lacrosse League is if they lose their starting goaltender, what do they do? And this isn't a knock on Devlin Shanahan, but until he gets excessive minutes in the National Lacrosse, National Lacrosse League, like he, he's only played 40 minutes of NLL action plus another 13 in the playoffs this year. You have to figure out if he's going to be your guy for the future. And you're right. I think they believe that he is, but you're never going to know that until you put him in those situations and put him in the fire and see what he really has. So um, interesting off season for the Buffalo bandits, maybe an interesting off season for the Colorado mammoth as well. They've got some aging bodies on their back line. Um, I, th- I think their offense is fine for, for years to come. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, guys like Hope and Lentz. Does Capito come back? Um, I don't think Dylan Ward's going anywhere. But, you know, they've got some back-end pieces that that might decide that this is the end of the road. But I think that's, that's – a lot of teams are going to be in that position this offseason. But obviously, the teams that get to the championship will have a little more – fine tuning and microscopes on them to, to kind of want to get back there. Um, just on that with Colorado, I do believe that, you know, I said, I know I said not a ton of goalies were on the market. I do believe Dylan Ward um, is a free agent. Oh, you're throwing that out there, are you? You're throwing that out there. No, 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 no. I think that guy's a mammoth for life, let's be honest. But no, I'm just, I wanted to go over some of the, like the 
Colorado's got a lot of work to do when it comes to to, to re-signing some of these UFAs. Tim Edwards, yeah. Chris Wardle, Robert Hope, Dylan Ward, Eli McLaughlin, um, Tyler Carlson, Joey Cabido, John Lentz. So, like, again, Capito is a, a, the thing with Capito, man. It's like, is he even going to be ready for the start of next yeah. year? Like, he had a really bad Achilles injury, and that's a guy that's been through a couple of tough injuries over his career. He's getting, um, he's getting older. He's, you know, he's got a lot of miles on his body. The way he plays, he needs to be in peak, tip-top performance. Um, again, it's hard to picture that guy in a different jersey than a mammoth jersey. Does John Lentz hang it up? Like, he's been playing for a long time. He's got a lot of miles on his 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 body. We know he's got a promising coaching career. Does he oh, maybe yeah. think that this is now time to step off the turf and immediately on a bench? Because I think there'd be a lot of teams that would be willing to take him on their staff, whether it's in you know a scouting role or a coaching role, managerial role, whatever it is. Like that guy's destined to be a head coach yeah. in the NL one day. Um, so you, you said it, you nailed it. It's tough for everyone. Um, but I think Colorado is going to have some, some really, really tough conversations over the next you know few months. Um, but again, when you talk about Buffalo and all the opportunity that they have, Colorado, you can say, we went back to back. We were this close to winning back to back. Why would we not give it another chance? Why would we not run it back one more year and try to win it? Look at, look at the regular season we had. It was a disappointment, but we got in. We figured it out. We played our best lacrosse at the best time, and we were one game away for going back-to-back. Do we get the trifecta? Do we get the trilogy matchup next year? Uh, that was the chatter on Coast to Coast, man, a couple weeks ago. I, I couldn't see why not. I mean, obviously, the names I just listed, if not yeah. all of them have to be back, most of them. Um, I don't know. That when you look at the West, I don't know if there's a uh, – obviously, I think Calgary is going to be back. They're going to be hungry. Um, San Diego obviously has some really, 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 really important contracts they need to figure out. Um what do they do in goal? Do they change it up? Hard to argue that Colorado is not, again, they've proved it the last two years. How are they not the most playoff built team in the West? How are they not one of the most playoff built teams in the NFL? It's hard to go against them now. I can guarantee you their odds on cool bet um, will be much, much shorter than they were last year. When do those futures come out? I got a burning hole in my pocket. I won some money at men's night. When do those come <laughs> out? Oh, God. Well, I'll have to have more conversations with our odds makers, but uh, I know right now we're heavily focused uh, on uh, the WLA. I know we're going to have some odds. Obviously, we have for PLL, but we're uh, going to have some odds for a couple of national championships, uh, maybe some major series lacrosse playoffs, but I think we'll – We'll wait till free agencies shakes down a little bit, yeah. and then you could probably expect maybe mid-August to start seeing those futures pop up again. Well, free agency does start August first. We'll get into that closer to the date. Um, but you mentioned Cool Bet. 
Let's see what you have for the people on another round of box bets. Time now for box bets. Your source for all the lines, odds, and props from across the world of lacrosse. Brought to you by CoolBet.com. Stay cool, bet responsibly. <laughs> hey, we're having a good day, lads. And uh, we're still in the mix, baby. <laughs> all right, Patty. Uh, CoolBet.com is where you can find all the fun and information. What do we got this week and did we win last week we came close we missed well we missed by a lot on the one game but we we hit the over in our pll game uh the archers i i think the the best financial plan right now yeah. is just to bet overs for their games um we got the under in colorado and buffalo in game three uh, but we bet the over for nanaimo Langley, uh, it was a 10-5 game, so didn't really get close there. But a new day, a new dawn, a new opportunity to get some some shekels in the OTCB listeners' pockets. But before, before we get to that, I wanted to give just a quick update uh, on the futures odds for the WLA because I think there is some value on the board. Obviously, Langley, plus 230, heavy favorites for good reason. Those odds might drop even further. If uh, that report, that 51, is heading his way west for the Man Cup. Uh, Victoria Shamrocks at plus 350. New West at plus 360. Nanaimo plus 510. Coquitlam uh, plus 625. The Burrards 25 to 1. And then Burnaby at 35 to 1. Now, I think Langley likely probably going mm-hmm. in here victoria i think you know they're a good team i think they have a maybe a chance to to knock them off a plus 350 though really don't love the value i'd probably wait a little bit longer until langley really starts to roll here if you're going to go with a long shot but nanaimo at 510 i actually don't hate now i'm not telling you to go you know absolutely unload the farm and 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 place a, a crazy bet but for a little long shot for fun i mean you know a 20 dollar bet would win you 122 bucks or a 10 dollar bet wins you 60 like for a little fun why not but i mean until langley proves to me that they're not the best team in the wla i i think there is but if you want to have a little fun and, and sprinkle a long shot the team end would probably be would be being my say there. All right. So what are we going to do this week? Well, I had some shackles in the pockets. I had so much fun last week building it with you, Teddy. I figured let's do it again. So let's dive through. Let's go with the PLL odds first. Now, I don't know if you spent too much time watching last week, but um, because I was in the United States of America, I got to watch a couple of games on on ABC and um, still though, still NLL brain. So going to have to just go off of vibes here. I think this might be total vibes, but okay, let's go through these odds. Chrome plus 100 archers minus 122. The total for that one is 23 and a half water dogs. The favorites against the Redwoods. They are minus 167 Redwoods at plus 135. The whip snakes plus 100. The Atlas, minus 120. Maybe do we see Zed Williams back with the whip stakes? Don't know. 
Uh, Chaos minus 167 against the Cannons at plus 135. Something tells me we won't be seeing the Buffalo Bandits on that roster just yet. Uh, But the Cannons did not look good last week. The Chaos, Mm. despite missing a ton of guys, looked okay. Um, Thing that's, I'll let you chime in here. The one that's jumping out to me, Chrome Archers over 23 and a half. Really like that one. Is there anything else that jumps out at you? Um, I kind of like the whips at plus 100. Okay. Okay. I, I, as, as good as the Atlas are, I, I just love that snakes team. They're gritty. I, I don't think they get Zed. I think a lot of those guys that were playing in the championships are wait till after the worlds, but we all know Zed. He just loves playing lacrosse. So as much as I say, I doubt you'll see him. You very well could see him. And who knows? Maybe he plays pole because he's going to be playing yeah, pole for right. pole showing at the world. So maybe he wants to get a few reps in, but I, I, I like the whips at plus 100. It's 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 a good value for a team that's going to be right there at the end of the day. And, you know, they're a previous champion. Uh, they have a lot of veteran leadership on that team. And, and you know, with Rambo there, uh, I think they can pull that one off. So I'll take the whips at plus 100. All right. Let's let's go. I'll ride with that. I saw some value there, too. And, and let's be honest. I know the Atlas. Um They've got Jeff T. They've got some really great players. I really wasn't overly impressed with the way that they were running their offense. The ball was not nearly in 51 stick as much as I thought it would be. Um, So I'm okay with that. I'm okay. Let's, let's go with, let's go with the whip snakes at plus 100. Uh, Let's jump over to the WLA though. Again, maybe we'll do two PLL. Maybe we'll do two WLA. We'll, we'll figure it out, but let's go out West to where you are. Um, Yeah. We won't pick this game tonight uh, because as of recording, Maple Ridge against New West. Just so you know, though, folks, if you happen to to listen to this at this point, heavy favorites, New West minus 400, uh, the Berards plus 300. The total for that one is 19 and a half. Uh, Next up, Friday night, lacrosse, Coquitlam and Nax against the Victoria Shamrocks, the Shammies minus 263, and Nax plus 207. It's alumni. Okay, done. Lock, it? lock, 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 lock. We're locked, locked in. in. We're locked in. We're locked in. Okay. The the, the spread is minus two and a half. Do we want to get a little more juice or do we want to just take the win at minus two? Uh, let's see. What can we juice it to? Alt lines uh, aren't aren't out just, just yet. So oh, it's only okay. minus two twenty minus two and a half at minus one twenty-five. Which gets yeah, us with those that. two games at plus two sixty. Okay. Yeah, okay. I can All right. That. Alumni, say less. Say less. Uh, say the next less. night, Burnaby heading to Nanaimo, the Lakers plus 210. It's Timberman uh, at favorites at minus 263. The total for that one, 20 and a half. Uh, the next night, Adnax back at it again. Uh, they head to Nanaimo, uh, Coquitlam plus 103, Timberland uh, minus 125. Total of that one is 20 and a half. Last Did you say Timberland? Not leap. T- I said Timberman, but I think I might have fumbled. <laughs> it sounded like the, the number, the, the Nanaimo Justin Timberlands. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, that one 20 and a half. And then on Sunday, Burnaby taking on Maple Ridge. Maple Ridge is minus 143. The Lakers plus 117. Total for that one, 19 and a half. Hmm. I kind of, I kind of like, I kind of like Nanaimo minus one twenty five against, yeah, Quitlam. That that's actually real low. So if we can get it at that number, that's a pretty good number because I think it's, I think yeah, they I, should be better favorites. I think so too. I was kind of surprised with that line considering, and I know Nanaimo is coming off a of back to back as well. Um, but, but they're back-to-back yeah, home games for Nanaimo. Yes, so. exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. Back-to-back home games. That number right now, plus 548. So the fine folks at Quebec, they'll, uh, they'll juice it up a little bit for us. We'll get a better number. We'll make sure we get it out on social. Um, so you see that one there. But, again, uh, if you're not feeling the parlay, that's okay. Shame on you. But you can log on to CoolBet. Um, you can check out all the PLL odds, the futures, um, all the WLAL odds. And, of course, Canadian Open's going on right now. Got odds yep. for that. NBA, NHL playoffs. Um, baseball is heating up. CFL opening weekend this weekend. I know a lot of lacrosse fans are also fans of the Canadian Football League. And then, of course, the Belmont Stakes. So hit up Mike Burke and New York Riptide. He won – Won me some money uh, for the Kentucky Derby. Didn't ride his his picks. I don't know if he actually. I don't know if he actually gave out for for the second leg of the the crown. But triple anyways, crown. he he won the triple crown. Yeah, he I, he won he won some money for the Kentucky Derby. We'll have to yeah. see if we can get him to throw out his picks for the Belmont Stake this week. But uh, um, yeah, lots lots and lots going on uh, in the world of sports wagering, and you can get that all at CoolBet.com. So as it stands right now, in our four-way parlay, Nanaimo, money line, minus 125. Shamrocks, minus two and a half at minus 125. Whipsnakes, money line, plus 100. And then under, did you say under 23 and a half or over 23 and a half for Chrome Archers? Over, over. Let me just... So we're gonna go with the four. Yeah, let's go with the let's go with the four games instead of the three. I like that. Let's yeah. see. Let's so go over twenty three and a half. Uh, that gets us to plus eleven thirty seven. So a ten dollar bet could win you one hundred and twenty three bucks. Love As that. As it sits right now, Love we'll that. we'll give a little juice to that and get the boys going. Our friends at Cool Bet are so good to us. Um, if you like cool bet swag, go check out Tino Farah rocking the, the polar bear, the NLL flash awards video that we put out. Remember those are our awards. Obviously they're not the official awards. We were voting within our crew, but again, over at coolbet.com, hit that lacrosse tab. PLA, PLL will be in there. WLA will be there. Futures are there. And again, game day player props will be popping up on game days, plus some more uh, alternate odds for some of those games as well. So again, Timberman money line, Shamrocks minus two and a half, Whip Snakes on the money line, and then over 23 and a half for Chrome and Archers is the OTCB box bets parlay. What do you want to say, Pat? 
Breaking news, breaking news, breaking news. Oh. Cool, cool bet will also be offering odds for the World Lacrosse Championships. Game oh, odds, futures snap. odds, player props. We will be having that. So I know we're taking a, a slight hiatus here at the off the crossbar podcast, but we will still be giving out our parlay. If there isn't an episode, yes. we'll still get a parlay out. And it will be including the World Lacrosse Championship. Um, question. Breaking news. Will it just be breaking news? Will it just be Pool A games, or am I going to get to bet on uh, Netherlands Ireland in Pool F? So you will just get game odds for Pool A, but you will be able to bet on outright odds to win some of the smaller pools. So nice. Those will be up. Uh, yeah, so no game odds. We might do championship game odds for some yeah. of those pools exactly. once we, yeah. you know, once those games kind of roll out. But uh, yeah. exactly. But but the every single game in Pool A, you'll have to, you, an opportunity to bet money line, um, spread, total, some player props. And can't make any promises. Can't make any promises. But we might have some future odds um for player props for outrights for tournaments so over under jeff t goals um (laughs) you know hey and if you have hey this is the the great thing about cool bet and 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 our odds makers if you have an idea for a future or you see a future and a player's not there hit us up tag at cool bet canada tag us let us know we'll tell the fine folks at cool bet and maybe can't promise you but there's a good chance we'll be able to get that future bet that you want up there. Over four and a half Zed Williams truck sticks on defense. <laughs> uh, now, see, I don't know if we're going to have that, but was talking to one of our odds makers. He was trying to figure out, I wonder what his over under would be for him for goals playing Paul. I'm like, see, this, his, that, and their, and their mind. Yeah. Just already churning, so I wouldn't be surprised. Keep an eye out on CoolBet.com. Um, those odds should be coming out relatively soon. And if it's your first time hanging out with the friends at CoolBet, when you log in, promo code OTCB, we'll give you a little kickback and help you out and try and win you a little extra shackles. Again, CoolBet.com is where you can find it all. And as we always say, stay cool. Bet responsibly. As Patty said, we are going to be taking a bit of a break. We'll be doing uh, one show a month leading up to free agency. So uh, no more shows here in June unless something major breaking happens. We'll talk to you again in July. But don't forget, keep an eye on the NLL Transactions website leading up to free agency. Teams are able to start signing their own players to some contract agreements. There are already a few out. Uh, Riptide signed Zach Deacon to a two-year deal. Uh, They also signed... Colton Lidstone to a two-year deal and Pete LaSala to a two-year deal. Firewolf signing Marshall Palace to a two-year deal and Nick Tchaikovsky to a three-year deal. So we're already starting to see some names get fresh deals, which is awesome. But obviously the big focus will be leading into free agency at the end of July. And that will be our huge talking point the next time we chat. Thanks, Steve Priolo. For giving us some time uh, celebrating his championship. Thanks to you as always 
for tuning in and listening here on the show. Patty, you're going golfing. What's the uh, goal? What are we aiming to shoot today? So I know this, the podcast is supposed to be almost over and no one cares about my golf story, but I had made last two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks ago, probably the worst front nine that I've had for our Thursday night men's league was criminally bad, like criminally bad, like above 50. Exactly. 51. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Room so, for improvement. Awful. Yes. Awful. But I did shoot a 41. Oh, the back nine. There we go. So like real. Yeah, exactly. So if I there can meet somewhere in the middle for both nines, yeah. I'll be okay with that. Hoping to be yeah, around that 90 mark. I'll be okay. There with we go. That. But 50, but 51 on the front nine, it was atrocious. It almost was like, I'm going to grab my clubs. I'm going to leave you guys finish the back nine. Yes. Yeah. It was bad, but yeah, 10, 10, 10 stroke swing, um, from the front to the back, definitely not ideal, but the cross season's done from a broadcast standpoint. So, um, all eyes on coaching, all eyes on summer ball. And of course, all eyes on the golf course as well. So we'll see what happens. Well, I won some money in men's night yesterday. So yeah, yeah. I was, I was waiting to hear that again. So yeah, maybe we'll, I can uh, get some inspiration. Okay, here's some inspiration. Swing easy, keep it breezy, bud. Fairways and greens, 10 cup. Course management, 101. You don't always got to hit the big stick, Patty. If it's a short par four, pull it a three iron, pull it a five iron off the tee. Keep yourself in the fairway. You don't got to always try and drive the green, you big galoot. Just keep it breezy. Until we speak again. Lots of lacrosse going on even though the NLL is done. Summer ball is in full swing all across Canada. The PLL is rolling. The World Games are in a few weeks down in San Diego. So make sure you're getting out and supporting everybody, no matter the level. Everybody loves to have fans in the stands. Go to a game, go to a game take a friend. If you take a friend, take two. And buy them a beer because it is hot out there everywhere. And please, wherever you are, be safe. I know the weather and the skies are not healthy, especially on the East Coast with all the fires going on. So please be safe, look after each other, and as always, stay safe and be excellent to each other. I-